Praise God. Hallelujah. Y'all glad to be in God's house today. Amen. I want to. You know, I, I, I put a catchy title on this week's, but uh, I dropped it. The Lord said, drop the catchy title. <laughs> I was going to call it this, Releasing the Seed That Releases You. That's a good title. But the Lord said, drop the catchiness today. Do I, uh, releasing the seed that releases you. But the Lord just said, call it a supernatural lifestyle. A supernatural lifestyle. You know what we're going after in this church? I wrote this down this morning. We are going after the ones that mean-hearted, rules-dominated, powerless religion lost. We're going after those. Mean-hearted. Church can be some of the most mean-hearted places ever. Anytime we lift up anything over the grace of God and, and, the, and God's immeasurable love for people, you get off in the left field. But the Lord says, we're going after those. And we're going after people that have been turned off to powerless religion. Am I experiencing everything in God right now I want to experience? No, I'm not, Jamie. I'm not. But I'm not going to make an excuse for it. I heard Bill Johnson say this. Bill, in fact, we're going to, this is my goal. We're going to go visit Bethel Church, uh, Sandy and me, uh, next summer. Caleb, too. Maybe Matthew. He might go with us. We'll probably get him off Shasta Lake, though, out there fishing. But, oh, he will. He'll, he'll like. But uh, uh, Bill Johnson, amazing. Uh, they have an amazing church that just miracles are happening just all the time out there. Just, just constantly. There's a constant flow. A miracle's going on. He said something today. I, I said this earlier. I want to remind people again. As you are praying and believing God, and you know you've stood on something that's according to the word, don't give up on it. Because if there's a delay, it's simply that God's just, that interest is being added to your prayers. Y'all hear me that? If it's, you know, you're standing on the word of God, just stay there. Stay with it. And don't, and never forget to dream. Dream big. Dream big. We need to demonstrate. Rick, it's more than us just being talking heads. We need to demonstrate the gospel. First with sacrificial acts and love, but also with the same supernatural power that Jesus did. And if we're not doing it, it oh, here's, here's the thing. He, he was talking about somebody, literally, guys, people come from around the world, Jan, to be, be prayed for. I, I was... Friday morning, I just got so lift. I heard this testimony, this little woman that came halfway around the world from one of the Asian countries with stage four cancer eating up her body. And she got, she was prayed for and she was healed. And I mean, the excitement there, she's throwing her hand, you know, just the church was just lifting up. But, you know, I heard him say this. Everybody doesn't get healed that come there. They don't. But he, this is what Bill said. He said, he said, it's so, he said, here's a lady that travels 2,000 miles. And listen to this. All she, when she comes to the church, all she saw was me. You know what he was saying? She didn't, at that point, get, receive her healing. 
Why? Because for some reason, she saw him and not Jesus. And he was taking, he was taking responsibility in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Because it isn't God's fault. It's, and that's nothing to condemn us or to beat us up. Not at all. But it's something that ought to get in us and drive us further. To get deeper in God where they don't see us anymore. Because if they see Jesus, Rick, they will get the same thing they got in the New Testament and in Acts. When they see him, Billy, truly see him, they're going to get the same thing. You know, there's a story in Acts that talks about that there's a bunch just like us. We'd be a perfect ragtag example. Teachers, accountants, bricklayers, you know, truck drivers, medical people, whatever else, whatever y'all do. And they said, you know what, here's what, this bunch, they're not learned. That doesn't mean they're not necessarily educated, it just means they're not learned in the theological schools. But this is what it said. We perceive that they had been with Jesus. And there was something going on there. Something going on. Our goal and desire shouldn't be that my name gets lifted up. Or even really my church gets lifted up. Or, or the way I preach gets lifted up. No, here's what needs to get lifted up. Just Jesus. Just him. Because if they see him, Jr. They're going to get what they got when they saw him in the New Testament. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, he never changes. Mary, he never changes. Debbie, never. Not yesterday, today, or forever. But I want to talk to you a few minutes about picking up where I left off last week. Uh, let's go to Mark for a second. Mark chapter 11. The great chapter of faith. But I'm not going to get to the faith instructions at all. I, I just want to do a quick little review about a 10-minute review, if that long. Mark 11, verses 12 through 14, says this. And on the, I'm going to read from the King James because I want to pick out of, I love the way this wording goes off in the King James. And before we do that, I want you, uh, anybody around, I just want you to lay a hand on Pat. This is one year, my precious daddy-in-law. Many of you heard me quote, Jan, step over there. Sandy, go back, Sandy, mama, real quick, and let's just pray. It's been one year since Papa went to heaven. So, Father, in Jesus' name right now, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for Papa. We thank you, Lord, for the impact he had on all of us. So many of us knew him. And, Lord, we ask your, your peace and your, your hand on Pat, Sandy, Janet, myself, our boys. Lord, it's, it's one year, but, Lord, I know he's with you. And he's seeing things that dreams are made of. In Jesus' name, we pray your peace over, over Pat. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't he? Praise God. Papa, you say, I'd be, the people of that generation, you weren't late, Josh. You just weren't late when you dealt with them. I'd show up three minutes late, Billy, five minutes late to come get him to go somewhere. He'd come out of that house, you'd see him. He, you ever seen these old guys that wear them little flip-top sunglasses over their glasses? Here he'd come, them flip-tops would be up, hardly he'd come out there and he'd say, he'd jump in the car, and he wouldn't chew me out, and he'd just say, son, you're waiting on me, you're spinning your wheels. <laughs> That's kind of how God is. That's exactly how God is. He wants to do. Can I tell you, it's just like this. I heard this too. This is awesome. Listen to this. 
When we're praying for somebody to get something, whether it be healing or anything else, we don't beg God. If I'm sitting there, Jamie, and you need a healing, and I'm sitting there begging and pleading to God, you know what I'm assuming? I'm assuming that I have more mercy than God does. Think about it. I'm making the assumption that I love you more than God does, and I'm trying to pull something down that he don't want to give. Think about it. Faith. And you know what? Not faith for faith, Rick. Sometimes we faith faith out and we overwhelm ourselves. It's faith in the love of God. It's amazing, isn't it? I'm glad you got up there and said what you did. I'm glad our church is like that because it just, that whole thing, that domino effect just happened there. And the Holy Spirit got something special out. But I want to show you something here. Mark 11, verse 12 through 14. And I'm reading from the King James. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now get this. And Jesus answered. If you answer something, what does that imply? That it's been talking to you, right? This tree had been talking to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man, eat fruit of thee hereof forever. And the Bible says his disciples heard it. And what we just read, just let me, I want to make just a couple of points of view. Jesus is hungry. We see this in the scripture. But can I say this? He is hungry more. He's, Rick, he's not on an ego trip that day. Don't, watch this, boys. Watch me shoot. Watch me shoot fire bolts out of my fingertips and zilch this tree. He didn't have to do that. In fact, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying I'm necessarily right on this, but I'm going to make a statement to you all that I've never thought of before today. Maybe he didn't curse that fig tree after all because it just doesn't make a lot of sense that Jesus curses anything. Now, hold on. It doesn't say in that scripture, Rick, that he did curse it. It that, that's a caption that men put in there. If you'll bear witness, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'll share something with you if you just think about it. But Jesus is hungry. He is hungry for more than figs. He's teaching something. He is hungry for his image, his lifestyle to be seen in his family. He is hungry for his life to get poured into and will be then poured out of his family on this earth when he goes to heaven. These are the last days, you all. This is it. I know it's Mark 11, and you think, well, there's five more chapters. No, big, big portions of the gospel are attributed just to the end game, to the last few days, because he was, his greatest, most rich, powerful teaching was right then. And I'll take you to a place in John before we quit today. But Jesus was hungry for more than figs. He was hungry for his supernatural way of life, to be evidenced in his, in his family, not just in the book of Acts, but every single day of this, that this earth goes by until the, until the great day of his coming. Another thing, why is Jesus using a tree? You know why? Here's why. Because people are often allegorized as trees in the scripture. Isaiah, Isaiah 61.3 tells us that we are like trees of righteousness. Psalm chapter 1, Psalm 1 tells us we're like trees planted by rivers of 
water. See, that's a, that's a continual theme that we're compared to trees. You know why? Can I tell you why we're compared to trees? We're, we're, why, why a man of righteousness is compared to a tree? Let me make a point. Have you ever seen a tree struggling to produce fruit? Now, let me ask you. Have you ever went out to that apple tree and that thing? I said this last week. Rick liked this. I come, can you, now, get this. Have you ever seen a tree? That <laughs> popped an apple. Has anybody ever seen? No. They just produce them. Right? They just produce them. They just produce fruit. You know why? Because the seed, the DNA in the seed that produced the tree is pushing the life out. And see, the same thing, when you got born again, we're going to baptize some of y'all today, Billy. And when you got born again, you were born again, not by, not by any kind of fancy preaching to Rick or I or fancy singing. It's all good and fine. But that, that's not what did it. The seed of God came out of our mouths. It got planted into your heart. And a tree was born. A tree, a tree of righteousness. We don't struggle to produce fruit. No, the fruit comes out of the seed that the tree was produced by. Somebody say amen. Y'all getting that? The seed is what? It's the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, in fact, Josh, it is really fitting you get saved during these sermons because you are a great example of a tree. I couldn't have picked a better guy to come to the Lord than right now. <laughs> He's a big tree. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to dunk him today. I usually don't baptize. I let Rick some do it, and I stay out there. But the Lord said before, we ever knew he was going to, the Lord told me, he said, you're going to help out this week. I knew why. I just, the Lord knew that big, that big drink of water was coming in the kingdom. <laughs> let me say this. So, so Jesus came and it seems like it's really not even fair because the Bible tells us, Sandy, that it wasn't time for the figs. In other words, in the natural order of things, the tree really wasn't being required to produce anything. So get this. Here's what the tree said. Here comes Jesus. And the tree looks and says, Not today, big boy. <laughs> You're crazy. Why? The Bible says he answered. I don't answer something. An answer is part of a conversation, right? Jesus, it says in the King James, he answered. The tree said, no, here's what the tree said. It's not my season. You've missed my season. You've missed my time. You're too early. Maybe you're too late. But today is not the day. And that, my friend, is the great excuse of unfruitfulness. The great excuse making we do often in the church. Well, we'll wait. You know, wait. Uh, hey, three weeks from now, the, the prophets come. The holder. We'll, no, wait. We'll have fruitfulness then. No, wait a minute. You know, I slipped up last night. I probably said something I shouldn't have said. I spoke. No, not today. I'm not fit today. No, not today. No, 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 no not today. Uh, let me let me go on a three day fast, and then maybe tomorrow, maybe five days later. I thought a wrong thought yesterday. I got up. Y'all see what I'm saying? It's always a reason. We've always got an excuse. Wait a minute. I don't. Wait a minute. Three weeks ago, I got a headache healed, but I, I, I felt angels' wings fluttering by my head, and I had goosebumps. And I prayed over Rick. 
that he had a headache healed. He didn't got his headache healed because I even saw an angel. He wouldn't have got his headache healed because I had goosebumps. You got your headache healed because by his stripes, I'm healed. We were healed. Do you see what I'm saying? If you always make excuses, you will never bear fruit. If there's always an excuse, and the excuse is basically this. There's tons of excuses, but here's at the root of every excuse. Not today. Maybe next week. Maybe next year. But not right now. God, somebody help me. I'm preaching pretty good. That's the excuse. Now, let me tell you this. I'm going to live here. If there were, if there were big-time theologians here, they'd probably get all upset and pull their robes tight and walk out the door or rip their robes. And I don't know that Jesus cursed the fig tree. You know, I think he did. I think he agreed with it. You see, here's the thing. Jesus is there. The Bible says he co-labors with us. He can't go past your opinion of you. Wait a minute, I'll call Pastor Jimmy. Because I don't know that, uh, honey, the same Holy Ghost is in you, is in me. You don't have to wait on me to win that person to Christ. You don't have to wait on me to pray for them to be healed. You don't have to wait on me to deliver them from drugs. The same love of God's on you, in you, and in you, on you, that's in me and on me. That's excuses. And excuses, my, my great fabulous father-in-law used to say, are excuses are like, I'm going to clean it up, like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. He'd say something else. <laughs> I won't go there. Hallelujah. Y'all see what I'm saying? All Jesus did was, well, if you're going to make an excuse, then I just got to agree with what you say. Because that's all that God does. He comes into agreement with the things you say over your life. That's all Jesus did. You know why? Because you limit, we limit him. When we make statements, he cannot. You see, he put the power. Oh, oh, get this. Back that up, Jimmy. What does it say in Proverbs? That the power of life and death is in Jesus' mouth? Help me, somebody. It's in our mouths. So here's what we do. When we take the word of God and speak it, then God can come into powerful agreement. But when we speak stuff contrary, Jesus has said, whatever you say, tree, this is what you said. You ain't going to bear fruit ever. Because people that always push it off to tomorrow, tomorrow never comes. That's good preaching. That's why the Bible says today, is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. I'm getting my healing today. Not tomorrow. I'm getting, I'm getting my, you know, what, you know what the Lord spoke to me. I just might as well go and say this. The Lord spoke to me before I started preaching. Told me to tell you all this. Is anybody in here feeling like they're stuck in life? I got some. You might feel stuck. Okay, here's what the Lord told me to tell you. Got a few. Listen, if something's stuck, to get it out of the ruts, it takes more force. Right? You can spin them wheels all you want to. 
I got stuck in a big, I've done that before. You know what had to happen? I had to get me a big, somebody come with a big daddy four-wheel truck, hook me up, and put more force to that thing, and get me out of that. It took more force. And what you got to do is step up and let the Holy Spirit release a force on the inside of you to get you out of your rut. It might be prayer. It might be fasting. It might be seeking God. I'll tell you one thing it's going to be. You have got to quit speaking things people have spoken over your life. You have got to start speaking what the Word says. Because if you speak what you've heard other people speak over your life, you'll never get out of the rut you're in. You have got to. And then here's what's going to happen. The only thing, what Jesus is going to do is just come into agreement with what you say about you. That's good, isn't it? Isn't it? That's pretty good preaching, isn't it? Well, wait a minute. Now that, that puts the ball in my court. Yeah, it does. It does put the ball in your court. Yeah. It really does. You see, here's the thing. Why would Jesus come and want fruit of a tree when it's not even the time yet. Here's why. Because he wasn't going after natural. He, wasn't, he knew the fruit wasn't going to be, was not going to be there. He was, going, he was teaching his boys a lesson. He was teaching his disciples that it's supernatural fruit I'm looking for from my trees. Don't you think about that a minute. Did Jesus say this before he went away? All right, boys, I want you to create 25,000 denominations. I want you to create a bunch of rules that keep everybody out. I want you to have a mean-hearted spirit. If a woman ain't got a dress on, you kick her right out. And by gosh, if she's got paint on her face, she's a, just, just kick, that little, uh, kick that little Jezebel out for what she is. We often major on the don'ts, and we never touch the do's. I want you to notice something. When Jesus left this earth, he did not mention one don't. Think about it. Go look. Go read at the end of Matthew. Go read at the end of Mark. Go read at the end of Luke. There are don'ts. I'm not telling you there's not. But it's not what Jesus majored on. You know what he said? He said, Rick Pruitt, go preach the gospel. Go heal the sick. And that's sick in every way. Go raise. He said, go cast out demons. Y'all are doing that, doesn't that? Go do. Here's what he's saying. You saw my, this tree, you saw that tree of righteousness produce supernatural fruit, the tree of Jesus while he was on this earth. You go and do the same thing I did. And he even made this crazy statement. I, I, I say this all the time, and it's joking, but I honestly do think a lot of the church thinks Jesus was a drug addict. Because a lot of the things he said, they just dismiss. They oh, he was high that day. Because they just dismiss it. He said, greater works you shall do because I go to my Father, insinuating the Holy Spirit's coming. We just blow that off, and here's what we replace it with in the church. We say this. I'm going to pray for you, but if it's God's will. And they say it like this, if it's God's will. Listen here, Einstein. I already read God's will. God's will says you're healed. 
Now, Jesus didn't even do that. He touched the most loathsome of disease when he said it. He laid his hand on the leper. The most loathsome of diseases. And Jesus didn't just, just speak the word. No, he came up and said, yeah, you're healed. And so much of the church says this. Don't touch the lepers. But, oh, God. Don't touch them, Rick, because if you do you, what they got, you uh, uh, that's not the heart of Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching today, ain't I? That's not the heart of Jesus. Jesus said, you're healed. <laughs> he laid his hand right on that mess. But the mess never got on him. The mess just disappeared. <laughs> Isn't that true? Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, this is like the song that Rick likes to sing. This is the simple gospel. This is it. Sins be forgiven. Sickness and disease be healed. All your debts be paid for. All your debts be paid. Today is the day. The acceptable year of the Lord. What do you mean? That means all my, oh, okay, cool. All my, all my loans are going to be paid off in an instant. Well, you start trusting God and God will start working in your finances. But I'm not necessarily talking about financial debts. I'm talking about sin debts. What we were talking about this morning. Do you all know that debt that weighs on you of your past? Has anybody ever been there? That weight of the past that lays on you like a rock? But in, when you hear the true words of Jesus, it lifts that burden right off of you. When you can hear the true grace message of who Jesus is. Woo. Let me tell you what it will do. It will take a mess. And it will turn it around in an instant. It will take a woman living in sin. And 30 minutes later, she is leading the whole town to Jesus. That's the grace of God. Now, go to John 15. Take about the next. I want to read this to you. Everybody say supernatural fruit. Now, you know, I, hear, I heard somebody say this this morning. And I agree with it to a certain. Why do we always try to play God? I heard them say this. Well, now, okay, the Spirit gives fruit and the Spirit gives gifts. We all know that spiritual fruit's more important. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, joy. It is important, but can I ask you a question? Was Jesus going over spiritual fruit when he went to heaven? He was not. He was, but there was a spiritual fruit. You see, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 is not an all-exhaustive list. There's more. Everybody say there's more. See, that's all, of a church where the Holy Spirit's moving, that phrase always reigns, there's always more. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. I'm going to show you. I'm just going to basically read this to you. And I'm going to show you what Jesus said. But there's more spiritual fruit than just the nine listed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Am I missing one? Somebody hit one I'm missing. Gentleness. You know what they are? Listen. Those nine aspects are the character of Jesus. Now, I'm going to blow your mind. Other religions can produce a good character. They can. Haven't you? I've known some really sweet, fine, good, uh, uh, not Buddhist, but the one there. And I don't think they're all crazy uh, 
Well, not even Mormon, because they, Jesus, I'm talking about something totally, what is it, uh, like the Iranians and the Af- Muslims. I've met some awful, fine Muslim people. Get this, that have all that fruit. Uh-oh. Maybe that's why Jesus wasn't just nailing that before he went. You know how they say you can win a Muslim to Jesus? Get their body healed. It'll, just, it'll shake their world. Let them see a supernatural display of a God that they can show. My God's not dead. It's more than just philosophies. It's more than just... Somebody say amen. And I am not belittling these fruit. But so many churches have said this. I don't know about those gifts. We all need the fruit. We do. But the only thing I really want you to think about... If the gifts wasn't important at all, why was Jesus going over them before he left? But yet a lot of the church world have totally disengaged themselves from them. Uh Uh-oh. Am I preaching, Harlan? Now, I ain't going to be... Look, it all didn't come out of me like I wanted to. But here's... I ain't making no excuses. It's my fault. And I'm going to keep pressing in until it does. And I want a church to go with me. Somebody say amen. Everybody say supernatural fruit. Let's go to John 15. I'm pretty much going to read it to you. And then we're going to pray and go home. A baptism at 2 o'clock. What time's the bus leaving, Mary? 1.30? Because I'm going to follow the bus. Sandy and I are following the bus. 1.30? Okay, one thirty. All right, go to John chapter 15. For, before we do that, let's read. Now, this list, this list, this, everybody say Jesus. These are red words. Everybody say this. Red words win. Okay, John, before we read this, I want you to uh, uh, listen to what it says in John 14 real quick. I'm just reading it to you. Okay, let me find it. Verse 10. Believest that this is red words, y'all, y'all. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak, everybody say words. The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He, now get this, so what's he saying? I don't speak my own words, I speak my Father's words. And then look what it says, he doeth the works. Jesus ain't even taking credit for all that. I speak my daddy's words, and my daddy shows up. Woo! Okay, verse 11, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Uh Uh-oh, what's Jesus saying? Don't take me for what I'm saying. Look at what I'm doing. Uh Uh-oh. These are red words. Verily, verily, I say unto you, surely, surely, he that believe, uh uh-oh, he that believeth on me, the works. Everybody say the works. All right, how did the works get done? Speak the Father's words. The Father does the works. What did the tree say? No works here today, Jesus. It ain't the time. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. What's that, Jamie? What he's saying? The Holy Spirit's coming to accomplish in you. Now get this. I love it. Get this. Rick, check this out. Woo! I don't know what a lot of the church world does with this one. If you shall ask anything 
anything in my name, I will do it. Now, that's where a lot of the church world thought. He, right there, they took a break and they smoked some crack. <laughs> that's what a lot of the church, they don't say it, that's what they think. Because they will not deal with that. They, you know what, oh, it's not the time yet. No, it's, it's not the time yet for this tree. No, uh, 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 no, 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 that was back in that. No, here's what they say. The season is past. The season is past. That tree don't produce that kind of fruit anymore. All right, now, so he says, if you do, everybody say anything. I did some exhaustive, I, I studied this veritable hours upon hours in the Greek and he and all this stuff. Guess what? Anything means anything. I'm kidding. I didn't study it. Anything's anything. <laughs> all right, let's look at 15. Just listen. These are Jesus' words. They don't need much help. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. That means he tends the vine. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, everybody say, I'm a branch. He purges it that it may bring forth more what? Fruit. Well, that's love. It is. But let's listen to what he says. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. How do you get clean? By the word of God, right? The word of God cleanses us. Amen? Verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Now what did we just say? All those characteristics are good and they're godly. I'm not saying they're not, but the bottom line is they can be produced in other religions. This is not what he's talking about, per se. He is, but not limited to. Okay? Bear with me. That boy's preaching sacrilegious. No, just hold on. Everybody hold your horses a minute, and let's hear what Jesus said. And I don't think he was high. I don't think he was strung out either when he said this stuff. I just think, here's what happened. Rick, here's what I think. Rick, I think the church has entered a day of powerlessness, and we had to make a mistake. We had to make an excuse. Because if not, the ball could be in our court, and we could be missing it, and we can't handle that. I can. But it doesn't condemn me, Jamie. It pushes me on. It makes me want to get out of the rut I'm in. Somebody's, it makes me want to have more force from the Holy Spirit and experience more of God than I've ever experienced before. Somebody say Amen. Okay, did I read five? Huh? Four, okay. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Jesus is the vine. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit. In other words, the fruit that's going to be done isn't coming from you, it's coming from him. For without me you can do nothing. Well, that just proved that. Verse six, if, you, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and me together them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Let me ask you a question. That tree said, you ain't, you ain't getting fruit for me today. Jesus spoke to it and said, you ain't gonna bear fruit anymore. Walks away. What happened the next day when he come back? It did what? It withered. The tree, by what it said, it wasn't going to abide in Jesus. Us as trees, we need to abide in Jesus. We need to quit making excuses. Amen? It's pretty good, isn't it? I'm going to get this tape myself. 
If Debbie, if Debbie was here in Facebook and this, I'd listen to this this afternoon. If, verse 7. If you abide in me and my seeds, my words abide in you, ye shall ask, here it comes again, what you will, and it shall maybe be done for you. Is that what it says? Uh-uh. He said, he said, it's good. Take, he said, take it to the bank, Frank. Take it to the bank, Frank. That's what he said. You take it to the bank, and it shall be done unto you. No, here it is. Everybody say, here it is. Look at this. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much. What? Fruit. So shall you be my disciple. What's he saying the fruit is? What he's talking about right here? I'm not denying love. I'm not denying that. Okay? But I have seen it in other religions. This stuff right here. Don't show up, but unless Jesus is involved. <laughs> Y'all with me? What's he saying fruit is? He's saying it's being able to go to the Father in prayer and get what you're going after. That doesn't mean, Jamie, in two seconds. That means you stay on it, you stay after it, and you don't quit until God manifests his goodness in your life. Give me five, girl. Isn't that the truth? Anybody with me today? Is this Jesus stuff? That's what he said, wasn't it? And who's getting the glory that you're able to pray something in? Who's getting the glory? When your body gets healed, who's, you're, getting, you're getting the love of God, but who's getting the glory for it? Jesus. Woo, God the Father. And G- Jesus is throwing it all on him. All right? As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, uh-oh, here's obedience. You shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So what's Jesus saying? How do you abide in his love? You do what? It's a nasty four-letter word some people in the church don't like either. We obey the word of God. Amen? Sometimes we don't like it either. But it's true. That's what Jesus said. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I... Now, get this. Rick, all the stuff... Wait a minute. This obedience thing. All the laws are wrapped up into just this now. I love you. I'll be there for you. No matter what. We're brothers now. And you go through it. I'll go, if you'll let me, I'll go through it with you. That's it. That's the love he came to exude, wasn't it? That's what he did. Okay, this is my commandment that you love one another. Oh, 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 get this one. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Well, what did he command? Love. People sacrificially. If I love my wife sacrificially, my eyes aren't on some young little babe. Right? Let's just get where the money meets the daggone road. Right? Or if my eyes do fall, I get them off. That's just an example. Or I don't cheat people. I love, I don't try to take advantage of people. Come on now. I don't judge people. All kinds of stuff. I'm preaching, ain't I, JR? Henceforth, I call you, look, all get this. I call you not servants. 
For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me. I have chosen you and ordained you that you should do what? That you should go. Everybody say go. We can get some things done in here, but you'll get more for the Lord done if you go. It's pretty good, Eric. That's just his words. If you go and ordain you that you should go and bring forth what? Fruit. And that your fruit should remain. What does that mean? It's got staying power. In other words, it's people's jaw drop when they see what your true, what your trees heavily laden with. Uh-oh. Now get here's the next one. Get the rest of this. Everybody say fruit. That. Everybody say that. Stop a minute. The next phrase, what do you think that's connected to now? It's connected to fruit. He said, let's look at it. That your fruit should remain that. Uh-oh. He's getting ready to further emphasize what the spiritual fruit he wants is. Adding on to love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithful, self-control, kindness, goodness. Uh, added on to that. Not, I'm not taking that away. But what I'm saying is this. We live in powerless churches that have thought that was it. That's all the fruit God wants. And they failed to really look at this. That. Everybody say that. Whatever. Everybody say it with me. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. That's fruit that remains. That's fruit that drops people's jaw. And I say, wait a minute. Look how, how God's blessing that church. God's taking a ragtag bunch. He's taking a bunch of ragamuffins. And he's creating the most incredible. Uh, look, can I tell you all this? You have been called to this church for this moment in history. God wants to raise up the mightiest church this community, this area has ever seen. But he don't want to do it the ways that everybody thought he was going to do it. Because if he does it that way, the way of doing it's going to get the credit. He's going to do it so that only he gets the credit. Only he does. Only. We were up there in a up there in uh, Perry Central that night. Game on the line. This is my final. This is my closing story. <laughs> and the old boys from Cordia. Estill County had been down 13 points. This is a Jericho march coming through. <laughs> old boy from Cordia was shooting free throws. Tell you what happened. This is awesome. They, he makes this free throw game probably over. That boy shoots that free throw. That ball eats up every ounce of that rim. It literally goes down in the rim. And Caleb said this, I was running to get the ball to go as quick as I could. He almost lost the rebound because even he thought it was in. The ball dipped down all the way inside the, remember that Rebecca? Inside, remember that Kobe? Inside the rim. And comes out. 
Y'all think what you want to about God's intervention. Honey, I, the Holy Ghost, angels, and God himself was right there that night backing me up. My little, yeah, go ahead. No, I got to tell this one. I was praying, and the guy behind me was listening to me. Oh, you going to tell it? And he grabbed my arm, and he said, Honey, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you believe. I don't know what your faith is. But somebody just prayed that ball out of that basket. Jimmy, shouldn't you make a big deal over, you know what? I'm going to make a big deal over every little thing I perceive God do. He was there with us that night. He was there. Rebecca, go ahead. Now, now, let me tell you the famous quote from the almighty pastor's wife. Here, there's the best one she said. She said, this is, a, this is like the woman in the Bible. She said, Lord, that's your little boy out there. Do something now. That's what she said. Well, Jimmy, don't everybody have, I don't know who's everybody. I just know what Sandy Bonnie did. Well, I don't know about the theology. I don't know about the theology either, but I do know about faith. And I do know what God can do. And I know he'll get in the littlest things in life to teach you big principles. Woo, Jesus. Anybody love the Lord in here? I'm done preaching. Anybody get anything out of this? I'm surrounded by a grove of mighty trees of righteousness in this room. And there's fruit for you to bear. Fruit, Marina. That'll shake this community and their jaw will drop because they say there's no way that should have happened out of Marina or Becky or, 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 or Felicia or, or Mary or Donald. You hear what I'm saying? I got the name right, didn't I? I always get y'all's names. You hear what I'm saying, JR? That's impossible. There's no way that could happen out of him. But when it does, God gets all the glory. He is glorified. Oh, I preach myself hungry. Everybody stand up.